episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and today we're joined by my good friend, Dr. Gianna Davidson. Dr. Davidson is an associate professor in the Department of Surgery, and I'm lucky enough to get to work with her all the time in her role as the Assistant Dean for Professional Development in the School of Medicine. Gianna, so glad to have you join today to talk about how to manage projects, which is something that so many of us do and I know is an area of expertise for you. So thanks for coming and and joining me and our listeners to talk about this. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to say up front that this is part one of a two-part series about project management because I want to talk with Gianna today and in our next episode, we're going to actually talk to a project manager because I think we want to have different perspectives on this. So today, Gianna, I was hoping to talk about like as a faculty member, because a lot of our listeners are are faculty, early career faculty, later career faculty, um, how to manage a project that you're working on, whether that's in like clinical space or you're putting on a new research conference or you're doing some collaborative research or whatever the project is, how to manage it. And I I think you and I both know that we all as faculty have different levels of resources. Sometimes we're doing that all on our own or with a peer, maybe co-managing something. Sometimes we have an administrative assistant who does some of the scheduling for us. And sometimes we're lucky enough to have a partner project manager. And I I think I want to start with the first one, which is where I think most of us start as faculty, which is if you're doing it kind of on your own, um, I'm curious what you think are the key strategies for for trying to do that kind of project management on your own, and then we'll we'll evolve into those other spaces. Yeah, it's such a it's such a great question, and it's interesting. You know, as we come out of residency, all of us get our first faculty job, and almost none of us have had training in really like how to get the stuff done that we need to get done for our actual academic jobs. Um, and I think most of us have never had a course in like project development or project management, we just like have on the job training. And because we've had MDs and we know how to take care of clinical patients, folks just like sort of assume we know how to do this other stuff. And so I think like for most things, I figured this out by like screwing it up a hundred thousand ways. Um, I think the first really important lesson um, that many of us learned is like just really simply how to manage your calendar. And um, when new faculty are starting, I have this com- the same conversation that was had with me. Like the first thing you do is schedule, when are you gonna sleep? And it's really simple. The second thing you do is like, when are you gonna have the most important things that are in your life? Having dinner with your family, if that's what it is, or working out or scheduling your vacations, or like, what are the things that are like non-negotiable in your life? Okay, perfect. What are the things that you have to do for your job to maintain your job or your boss is gonna fire you? Like, when's your clinic? When's your operating room? Okay, then like, what's the time that's left and how are you gonna prioritize that? And I think that gives people sort of a sense of like how much capacity they have to then start to develop the projects that they're gonna have. And I think one of the um, big pitfalls that I made in particular early on is I'd have a ton of enthusiasm and excitement for things, um, except it was like 300,000 things. Um, And then because I get really excited about all those things, I got 10% done of 35 projects, but like you gotta finish them or they don't count for anything. (laughs) And um, it's really hard to push things across the finish line if you have your arms around too many things. And so really being able to develop those projects requires having a great sense of what your calendar looks like to then be able to break those projects down and understand how to get them across the finish line. So you said a lot of really great stuff in there. And so I think the first thing I heard you say is, 
part of us staying sane in our lives is prioritizing the things that help us stay sane in our lives, whether that's working out or time with our family or whatever those things are. So put those on your calendar. I really like that as a pearl. And then I think the big thing I heard was, and then you have to look at what the space is that's left over and and prioritize the projects you're working on because we all have a finite amount of time. And um, I think you alluded to people being, you know, doing clinical work. I think it's true for our, our basic scientists as well because they have a certain amount of time that they're working on their, their work at the bench or they're writing of papers or grants or whatever. The other stuff has to fit in if that if that is going to be a successful project. So the first thing you said is calendar management. I, I very much appreciate it. it. Resonates with me. I'm kind of religious about managing my calendar. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing. And it took me time to learn it as well. Okay. So what else, what else is important now that I've kind of figured out I have this much stuff and I can do these three projects or this one project that I'm going to work on. Absolutely. I mean, early in the career, there's a lot of this advice that's given to folks that are like, say yes to everything. And like, I sort of understand why people say that. Um, Then there's folks that say like, say yes to nothing except the things that you're passionate about. I think the key is like, figure out what you're passionate about, figure out, you know, like where are the things that you can really prioritize your time and choosing those projects and what you're going to work on is really critical. Um, and then since, you know, we're talking really specifically about project management, let's say that you've listened to the really awesome Thrivecast that are around those topics, or you've talked to your coach around those topics, um, you've identified your project, it's figuring out, I think, first, like, what does success look like? That step, I think people don't take enough time at to say, like, in one year, when this is done, what will I be happy with saying, like, I've accomplished something? Because I think it's so easy to get into like all of the steps of the project, the enthusiasm enthusiasm of the project, even developing like in grant specific aims of the project. But like overall having that vision of like what does success look like, I think is that key next step. Okay. So identify what success looks like. I've prioritized, I've identified what success looks like, and I agree with you on that. And often that's a collaborative activity. It's not an activity that I do alone. It's usually with a team or a group. Um, I'm wondering if there's any other concrete strategies you have from getting from point A to point B and any tools you might use to do that as you kind of shepherd the work from idea and vision of what the final project might result in to actually getting there. You know, a lot of, a lot of that for, you know, those breaking down of steps like that sort of depending on what the project is, that's like those key informant interviews. Like a lot, like a lot of times that's the work with your boss. If it's a big, you know, administrative um, project and in developing a program within your department, Um, that might be um, informed by uh, the return on the investment from the project itself. Like that might have like a key strategy from administration, or if it is something within the education department, it might have like learner feedback, or if it's a grant, it might be the actual funding. I think like that, that like what you said, like that's going to be informed by a lot of different people, that final vision. So the work on the ground of really understanding what success looks like for different people um, I think that that's critical and people sometimes step over that. Like they don't think about that as the work of the project. They just jump into the projects, the step of the projects, they get the project done. And then it's really sort of a letdown when they realize that like they're done with the project and not everybody's satisfied with it or happy with it, or it's um, it's sort of not seen as being as successful to like, like the folks that 
that had hoped, you know, that, that had hired them to do that or had hoped they would do it in a different way. And I think it's all about having those, those really upfront conversations. So key part of that, um, you know, moving projects forward is really understanding, I think, what that final vision would be. And it might even, I would go as far as to say, I don't even take on projects anymore before understanding what the people who have asked me to do the project, like understanding that we have a shared vision around what success of that project looks like, because I don't want to take on a project that I don't have a shared vision for what that might look like. Yeah, I think uh, that makes sense to me entirely. And I think it's like partnering with key stakeholders, hearing all voices, making sure that you're hearing folks early in the process and partnering with them early in the process so that they're actually at the table and not just you know, looking at what you have at the end. So I, I think that's always great advice for people when they're working on any kind of effort to change. And, and a project is definitely an effort of change quite often. Okay. Um, I mentioned before that you might have an administrative assistant. I know you do. Uh, and so before we talk about partnering with a project manager, because I do think that's actually a skill in and of itself, you have an administrative assistant. How do you how do you work with your administrative assistant to do some of the steps of advancing a project? So um, I think, yeah, our, my um, administrative assistant is an awesome partner. Um, you know, she is a friend. Um, I touch base with her at least once a week, um, where we talk about um, you know what's going on in um, you know, the program for emergency general surgery. We chat about you know, the team, um, the program um, that's like moving forward, what parts of the, the projects that we're working on are moving forward. We always spend some time talking about like what barriers we're seeing. We talk about the individuals and how they're doing. Um, and I think all of this is to say like building relationships with the people that you're working with is really critical. And the reason that it's really critical is because this is a partnership that I think it's really important to trust each other. And it's really important to be able to say like, you know, when, when you're struggling, you have each other's back. And um, when you miss a deadline, it's not because you failed as a human. It's sometimes because like you, your, your case ran over in the operating room, your experiment failed. You weren't able to meet that. You um, had a mental block in your writing and you just couldn't get there. And a lot of times your project managers, your administrative um, team are the people that are helping you move things forward strategically. And they're able to see the big picture about what your schedule looks like. And a lot of times my administrative um, team can sort of see like, well, yeah, I have like seven 20 minute meetings for you today. There's no way your brain is going to function for an analytic meeting after that. So because I have those meetings with my administrative partner and sort of touching base, I will say that sometimes I set myself up for utter failure and she will change my schedule around or reach out to me and change my schedule for me. Say like, hey, just I just noticed you're operating on a 14 hour case and the next morning you're leading this meeting at 630. What do you think about moving it to the following day? And um, it's it's really incredibly helpful. Um, and she, she knows what my grants schedule looks like. Um, and when I have a grant coming up and, um, will oftentimes ask me things like, do you want to block out time for writing? Um, she knows that I have an attention span of a NAT, um, between two and 4 PM and will never block writing time. So, I mean, I, I would say like, I'm tremendously lucky for having a partner like that. Um, and I've done a lot of work to establish a great working relationship and really good boundaries and um, really like set aside time to um, work together as partners. 
Yeah, I think I, I really like what you said. I think, first of all, you're very gifted at developing those relationships. And I think it's important to say out loud, there's an intentionality in, in us becoming a team. So I also have had an outstanding partner who I've worked with for years and years. And I think it is getting to know each other as people. It's actually sharing. It's developing that trust that you talked about so that you can have, as you said, each other's back. And I am so appreciative of the, you know, Lisa is the main person who's been my partner in administrative spaces, and she's kind of going up the ladder and becoming mostly a project manager now. But many times she's done some of the same stuff that you've talked about before, which is like, wow, this calendar looks crazy. What are you doing? And sometimes it's because I did it to myself and she fixes it. That's great. I think those are really important. But in order for that to happen, I think the big take-homes I heard you say is one, get to know each other, two, check in regularly, and then three, empower the administrative partner to be a real partner and actually do those things proactively to kind of support your big picture vision. I really appreciate all of those thoughts. Did you want to say something else about that? No, that's a great summary. Okay. Um, I think many people have an administrative assistant and, and it actually, it is actually a skill to partner that I think it's great to talk about. The other thing that as you kind of continue to grow in your often administrative roles or leadership roles, you might have the ability to partner with a project manager, somebody who's really focused on moving that project forward with you. And, and some of our administrative assistants do some of that, but I think this is somebody who's like full-time job is really thinking about project management. I know you've done some work with folks who to project manage. And so I wondered if you could talk about a couple of things that you think are really important specifically about that relationship, that working relationship. Yeah, so I work with a number of project managers um, for the the grants that I work on, and some senior project managements for um, the organization for uh, that for for our research. And um, in my administrators' roles, I have as well. And I think those folks have been really phenomenal teachers in um, teaching me how to uh, move projects along. And you know, I think that my working relationship has with with them the thing or the things that I've learned really is like working with them twice a week. So we touch base for the most part with my senior project managers on twice a week or beginning of the week, at the end of the week for thirty minute meetings that are one on one meetings about our specific project. Where we in the beginning of the meet week we talk about what are the goals for the week, what are our potential pitfalls for the week, and what are we hoping to accomplish. At the end of the week, we review very quickly. In five minutes, did we hit those goals? We talk about what were the pitfalls and we talk about very high level, um, what do we think we're gonna wanna be achieving this next week? And those are really like meetings that we're not really preparing for ahead of the time. Oftentimes um, they're showing me the data for the week, but we have those sort of on auto ran, run. Um, and we have anybody that is um, our research coordinators oftentimes are welcome to join those meetings um, because they're learning and moving up into project management roles oftentimes. Um, but they're very informal meetings. We also are getting to know each other. We also are taking time to talk about families, what's happening with their kids. Um, oftentimes their kids are, you know, at the end of the week meetings, especially are popping online. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, that's a really great way to continue to make sure I know projects are moving forward and what pitfalls we're both um, finding um, in our projects. And then in addition to that, um, you know, we're meeting with our entire teams, you know, at least twice a month um, that, you know, we're, you know, they're leading those meetings and um, moving things forward with the studies that we have. And um, 
depending on which study it is, the agendas are set by them and um, they're making sure that the study is running in the way that it should be. And depending on which, if we're, we're in project planning in some of those, we're in data analytics in the others, and we have some projects that are actually, you know, full out in the middle of the trial. So um, I have four trials running right now and we're in different aspects in, in all of the trials. So um, it's been it's been really wonderful. I love um, watching how they, they're able to move these things forward. like. They have a lot of, of balls they're juggling on these big national trials. Um, so, but I touch oh, go ahead. Are, Sorry. Oh, those touch points are really the critical aspect, the beginning and end of the week. Yeah, that's what I think I heard you say a couple different things. One is that you're doing that kind of more informal check-in about goals and potential pitfalls, start of the week, and then how do we do at the end of the week? And those are quick and, and informal. And then a weekly team meeting, which I also want to highlight, you're empowering your project manager to set the agenda and lead that uh, meeting. And so that's a relationship building part of it. And then I think you reiterated the value of developing relationships and trust so that you can kind of have people excel and and perform at the highest level of, of their training, which I think is what we're striving for in all of these kind of team efforts. Are there any challenges that you've had in partnering with um, project managers? I think that... Um... You know, different project managers as they're growing, in particular in our surgical trials that are national trials, um, they know the study best. It's it's what they're doing. They're brilliant in the operations and and um, of getting those trials up and running, and really having in the spaces of like going to these different clinical sites. I think working together and making sure that we have a plan for how we're going to um, address some of the barriers that come up at individual clinical sites um, is really critical. And so I think when there are challenges at clinical sites, we just have to strategize on sort of who is going to play the hard line um, and who is going to be like the good buddy partner. And so I think um, that can sometimes be a challenge just when you're dealing with a lot of subcontracts and a lot of sites. And I think the really critical aspect is making sure that we're on the same page is how we're going to maintain those partnerships with um, large national trials. And, um, you know, I think there, there are sometimes they're really hard trials to run. And I think, you know, our project managers do a really phenomenal job. And um, I think that they're juggling, they're juggling a lot. And so we oftentimes have you know, just very frequent check-ins. I think when there's so many people that are managing, I think that the times that it can be challenging is the times when you just want to immediately jump on the phone, not be communicating via emails, definitely not be communicating via emails with a lot of people CC'd. Um, and when there is conflict, um, it's the immediate time to jump, just, just, just to jump on the phone. Okay, so I'm going to try to tease out of that a couple of things. I think I heard, one big thing I think I heard is, you want to empower your project manager to kind of run with things. And sometimes there's conflict or challenges. And in those times, you want to make sure that you figure out how you're going to have each other's back. And it could be that you're going to be the kind of sterner voice as they continue to do the team building. And, and being clear about that is important. And I, I would just say, I use that also. I say, like, please feel free to CC me on this email because sometimes there's a different response when I'm on the email thread, which I don't think should be the case, but definitely is the case. So that partnership about when there's kind of some sticking points and how you're going to navigate those. I think also just empowering your project manager to reach back out to you to say, hey, I need some help in this situation. I think I heard in there as well. 
And then I heard a second thing, which is sometimes there's challenges that come up as you try to collaborate and delegate. And when that happens, don't continue to send emails, pick up the phone and talk to each other. And I strongly endorse that as well. Is that most of what, what I, what I heard you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably true in all areas of, of research and probably all areas of administration where, when you're with, um, you know, you have groups of clinicians, groups of PhD researchers, group, great groups of administrators, folks sort of, um, respond differently to different folks in those groups. And so when you're working across teams, like, you know, um, just being cognizant that different team members are treated differently and you do have to have your team members back, you know? Yeah, I definitely think that. And it frustrates me that there are differential responses to different people sending messages. And I want to empower the partner that I have to use my name if they need to, Um, because Unfortunately, that really is the case sometimes. I think for all of us listening, <laughs> remind ourselves to like, when an administrative assistant or a project manager reaches out to you, they're part of a team and, and they weren't the same response. So we'll take that moment to give that little uh, public service message as well. Um, okay, you've shared a lot and I think you've done a lot of this. I, do you have any final pearls for the listeners who are you know either just embarking in this or maybe have done some project management or trying to become more refined and how they work with others. Any final pearls? You know, I, I, I think that one of the things, um, I, I sometimes struggle on projects that start in just seeing a like tornado of a hundred thousand things to do. And so I'm a person that definitely needs tools to be able to sort down those hundred thousand things into a hundred steps and then 10 steps that I need to do this week, and then three steps that I need to do today. And there's a ton of different tools that can help you do that. You know, you think back to like, like my kids use a Kanban board. That's how like I learned to do it initially, but there's a lot of apps that can help you do that. And a lot of project managers use different versions of that. And I'm sort of a person that like every month has a new cool app because that's like how my brain works. It doesn't really matter which one you use. There's not a perfect one. That's why there's such a great market for them. Um, But I think using those tools and using those things that can help you bring big projects down and help you focus on the day to get things done helps you get projects across the finish line and helps you um, makes you set more realistic time. on your calendar to be able to move those things forward um, and gives your team more realistic um, timelines uh, for getting projects done. Yeah, I think those tools are really helpful. And they also help with a kind of a shared mental model for the mm-hmm. whole team about kind of where are we going this week? Where are we going this month? Where are we going the next three months? I, I think those are super helpful. And I think, as you said, it parses it into digestible chunks that doesn't feel quite so overwhelming when it's a big project. So I think those tools are super helpful. And, and it's a great lead into the second half of this podcast where we'll talk with a project manager who can talk about some of those tools as well and and give the other perspective of how best how they think it works best to partner with us, which I think is also really informative. We'll tell you how to manage us. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I love the concept of managing up and I think yes. that actually a good project manager does a lot of that. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk with me about this. I think it will be a lot of things for folks to learn from in this conversation. And I know that the listeners will enjoy our, com- our, our time together. Thanks for having me. Of course. And for everyone out there to listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, you can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find them at the UW School of Medicine faculty website at faculty.udubmedicine.org. Thanks for listening. 
and have a great day.